Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Earlier you mentioned that the president of the White House thought it was a good idea for him to come out last Thursday. Just want to clear it up. Was it the president's idea to come out? It was the president's idea. Yes, he it wanted to. Idea. It was his idea. And how forceful was he when he you know, came out and uh, he, I mean, he said look, he I'm, wanted to do it that I'm, time? I mean, you saw the president out do this, uh, make a statement, take questions from all of you because he wanted to do it. Him against it? I, I'm not going to get into private conversations that the president has. The president is the president of the United States. If he says he wants to speak to directly to the American people, he's going to do that. And let me let me let me try to... and translate because this is so great. This is so fantastic. Let me give you the translation. It was the president's idea. No doy. I believe doy being the operative word here. Secondly, here here is the translation. We looked at him and we said, please don't do this. And he said, is there pudding? I'm going out there because I heard there's pudding. And that was the rest of the conversation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm taking off my shoes, people. That's how relaxed I am. Shoes are coming off. This is the most ridiculous commentary I have seen in a good long time. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Of course it was his idea to do this ridiculous, nonsensical, dear Lord, what is happening press conference. This press conference where he looked angry, this press conference where he was bitter, this press conference where he stated as clear as day, hey, uh, hey, Israel, uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. Hey, Israel, I'm not a friend. Hey, Israel, I'm going to make sure that I make your life difficult. Have we all forgotten this right here? The hostage negotiation, I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, what I know is. You just told Israel that responding to 1,300 murdered Israelis and others, women raped and babies set on fire, a response is over the top. Oh, the response is over the top. You mean where they actually go about killing Hamas members? Well, Tony, they're killing innocent women and children and civilians, says Hamas, but they are lying terrorist bastards. I'm sorry, are we not prepared to have an open and honest conversation? Because we should have an open and honest conversation. Innocent people, people who don't want to deal with Hamas, 
people who want to live free lives and want to leave Israel alone have absolutely been killed. I concede. Tell Hamas to surrender and it all stops. But the idea that Israel should stop responding because some guy in Washington, D.C. has got a weak little girl's stomach and can't handle the fact that war is hell? Not part of the plan, kitten. Just because the progressives out there are a bunch of low-rent cowards unwilling to destroy the enemy because they don't think it's nice, screw them. You want to know where I really feel on this subject? I mean... I don't know. How much can I do on radio? What are the words I can't say on radio again? They're, they're, you got your finger on the dump button there, Producer Kylan? Excellent. Because holy heck, I'll go down the road with you. So first, Biden says it's over the top. At that moment, people like Corinne Jean-Pierre must have been like, oh, oh, this is going to give me headaches for days. And then it got worse. Initially... The president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. You mean Sisi of Egypt, not Mexico, Egypt. And the gate is the Rafa gate, which is uh, connecting to Egypt and has zero to do, or at least near Egypt, and has zero to do with Mexico. This was the press conference that was supposed to show the world exactly how with it he is how together his mind is. This was the special counsel report that had come out. The special counsel report said quite clearly that he's a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. He doesn't remember things like when his son died. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. And if you put him on the stand, well, my gosh, he's just going to be the sympathetic character. Don't get me wrong. He willfully held classified documents. But there's no charges to bring because this guy can't stand trial. That's what it said. And he was so bothered by this. Instead of being rational and dismissing it and going straight ahead, he decides to have this terrible press conference. And in this press conference, he wants to tell you that he spoke to the president of Mexico. He did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. Just like he talked to Francois Mitterrand, who's been dead since 1996. He never spoke to the president of Mexico. He spoke to the president of Egypt. So this was less than 50 seconds into his, let me show you how together I've got all this. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. But of course, it was this that was worth talking about. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. There are a lot of innocent people who are starving, a lot of innocent people who are in trouble and dying. And it's got to stop, number one. Number two, I was also in the position that I'm the guy that made the case that we have to do much more to increase the amount of material going in, including fuel, including other items. I've been on the phone with the Qataris. I've been on the phone with the Egyptians. I've been on the phone with the Saudis to get as much aid as we possibly can into Gaza. There are innocent people and innocent women and children who are also in bad, badly need of help. 
And so that's what we're pushing. And I'm pushing very hard now to deal with this hostage ceasefire because, as a, you know, I've been working tirelessly in this deal. How can I say this without revealing it? To lead to a sustained pause. The sustained pause means Israel keeps getting hit and isn't allowed to respond. A sustained pause means that the United States, the president of the United States, has stated de facto that Israel is not to be supported in its goal of eliminating Hamas. There will be a solution that involves keeping Hamas around. Damn straight, the press conference was Joe Biden's idea because only Joe Biden could screw it up this much. That's what Barack Obama warned us. Never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to blank it up. That's what he said. And here it is. Here it is. Biden speaking with uh, King Abdullah of Jordan, saying that the key elements of a Gaza deal are on the table. The objective is to not just get a pause. The objective is to keep it. I say to you that the Israelis have repeatedly offered to stop in exchange for the hostages. Now, this leads some to say, well, then that's the answer. Tell Hamas to give up the hostages. This is all done. Everything stops. I don't think that's a good idea. I think the moment is now, and the moment was a year ago, and the moment was five years ago, and the moment was 10 years ago. Hamas needs to be destroyed until there's nothing left. Well, Tony, it's a terrorist organization. You can't negotiate with them. So Israel, because they're a democracy and a nation and a worthy nation, they have to stop and just take the abuse because you can't deal with these terrorists. I think that's crazy talk. And I think the people who talk that way are out of their heads. Think of the, of the conversation. Rules are only for people who are willing to listen to the rules. If they won't listen to the rules, you can't actually enforce the rules. You just got to accept what they do. After all, what else are you going to do? I think what you could do is push everybody from Gaza into Egypt and say, best of luck, and then shut the gate and salt the earth. Now you say to me, Tony, that's a bit too far. Okay. I'm willing to accept it. I only gave you one idea. I got a hundred of them. I'm nothing. I'm Mr. Idea on this. Oh, look at me. Snappity snap, snap, snap. I got ideas coming out of my, you know, what's it on what we can do. How about we tell the people of Gaza to show us where the Hamas terrorists are so we can destroy them, the world can destroy them, and then there can be a two-state solution and actual peace. Although it's going to take Palestinians a while to get out of the idea that they, they you know, shouldn't kill Jews. Because very much so, they're totally down with that. You take a look at polling, they're okay with Hamas. Please, let's not kid ourselves here. It's going to take time for people to get out of the mindset. This isn't true of everyone who lives in Gaza, but it's true of far too many. You have to deal with the reality. You may not pay attention to South African politics. I do on the periphery. Because I noted when changes were made post-apartheid, and rightfully so post-apartheid, despicable, horrific, is apartheid. Something, by the way, Israel has never been involved in, no matter what Rashida Tlaib says. That Jew-hating bigot is a lying fraud. You can quote me on that. 
South Africa made moves in, for example, writing a new constitution. And there are people on the progressive left who adore the South African constitution. If you read the South African constitution, it will tell you, oh, here, free speech, except, of course, every time we say there's no free speech. Anytime you think that there is some level of a right that's codified, there is a reason that that right is eliminated. Then, of course, there was the expropriation of land from white farmers. Sorry, boop. Because of apartheid, very real, very awful, you no longer get to farm the land. It now belongs to this family over here. You know what happens if someone takes the land from a farmer? Let's say, let's say, for example, somehow we took the land from Christian farmers, boop, and we said, here, you're Jewish, you now get, you now get a, a farm. And someone hands me a farm. They hand me 70 acres and corn as far as the eye can see. You know what I'll have in a year? Dead corn. You know what I don't know how to do? Grow corn. You cannot decide you're going to create some better world by taking from this person and giving to that person if that person is not prepared to do what is necessary to make it work. They don't know how. That's not anger. I'm not, ma- I'm saying that, I'm not saying that to be accusatory of the person it's given to. I'm discussing reality. If you said to me, we're going to take the auto mechanic shop from that guy over there, bloop, there you go, Tony. You now have an auto mechanic shop. Fantastic. But I don't know how to fix a car. Change a tire, sure. Fix a car, no. I don't know how. And then in South Africa, sorry. And then in South Africa, you, of course, now have candidates who say, if they get elected, don't worry, they're not going to kill all the white people yet. That's an actual quote. And when pressed upon it, when pressed upon it, they wouldn't say, look, I'm not saying we're going to kill white people. You don't know what's going to happen. Anything's possible. True story. True story. That's South Africa. I bring it up because if we're going to be very, very clear about things that work and things that don't, right now there is a radicalness that has been well brewing in South Africa, making its way to the surface if you're only paying attention to it now. The anger of regarding apartheid isn't going to go away right away. But if the anger of apartheid allows for this, this destructiveness of what value is the nation, In Israel, there has been no apartheid. There are Israeli Arabs who live freely every day of their lives. There is no connection to Hamas, no desire to be like Hamas. They know that Hamas is the enemy, and they say so repeatedly in polling and in elections. In Gaza, there is a brainwashing. Kill the Jews, Jews are pigs, kill the Jews, do this. Here, child, throw rocks at those terrible Israeli soldiers. Four-year-olds, go throw rocks. They proudly push their children to do so. That happens enough to note that it's a standard. And thus, one will not have a Gaza Strip that is prepared to be its own nation 
because they're not prepared to live in a way where they don't hate their neighbor. So it's going to take time. Okay. It'll take time. But none of it will happen if Hamas is still in power, which is why Hamas has to be destroyed, which is why I disagree with those who say if they just give up the hostages, everything will be over. No, it won't. Hamas needs to be destroyed. And maybe Hamas knows that, and that's why they're not giving up the hostages. But for the United States via the president to put pressure on Israel not to engage with these terrorists, to end these terrorists so they can live in peace, that is madness. Israel is over the top? Holy hell. Joe Biden is over the top. And as the press conference showed, over the top and completely underwater. All at the same time. Of course, Corinne Jean-Pierre, of course this was Joe Biden's idea. Even you wouldn't have recommended this. I'm Tony Katz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I also want to highlight a win for the American people against Big Pharma. Yesterday, a district court in Texas dismissed a case it it brought against President Biden's Medicare drug price negotiation program. When President Biden came into office, he vowed to lower health care costs for American families. By bypassing the Inflation Reduction Act, the president and congressional Democrats finally allowed Medicare to negotiate lower prescription drug prices for seniors, while every single Republican in Congress voted against it. Despite Big Pharma's attempts to block the program, this administration is moving forward on fully implementing it. Big Pharma. Big evil pharma. They're coming for your children. They kicked your dog. They bring you crabgrass. Big Pharma. The hatred from this administration. You start with the Super Bowl saying, you know what the problem is? The problem is shrinkflation. I don't know why my Joe Biden sounds like Ross Perot. I have no idea. See, the problem is shrinkflation. See, things are getting smaller, and I'm already small, and things are smaller than me. So that's shrinkflation. That's not going to work. And that's why we got to deal with Mexico. That's not. A, it's actually not a bad Ross Perot. Can I get somebody? Really? No? I'm not getting credit for that? You all suck. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. That is, that is not cool. That is world class. I can do that, and I can do Norm Macdonald. These are the only two I have. Have in my uh, portfolio, uh, shrink, shrinkflation. Uh, it had happened to me once uh, in the in, in the shower. See, that's Norm Macdonald. That's gold. Gold. Good lord. 
the hatred of business. They, they, he talks about shrinkflation at the Super Bowl. He won't do the Super Bowl interview. You don't want to talk about a missed opportunity. Those evil companies are giving me half potato chips and half air in the bag. Yes, we don't like it either. But can we discuss the inflationary pressures? Which, oh, by the way, have you checked out the markets today? Oh, don't look. Don't. Don't, kitten. Kitten, don't. Avert your eyes. Right now, the Dow is down 498. 498? NASDAQ is down 256. You understand that in the pre-market, this stuff was in the green. And then what happened? What happened was inflation. Prices went up. And everything is getting punched in the face. Bitcoin crypto was over 50,000. That's over. Let's break this down. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. He's with us next. And as he told me, he's not a happy camper. We will get to that coming up. This is Tony Katz today. Just do the math. Of course, we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25? Fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. Ms. Lee. That is a push for a $50 an hour minimum wage in California during a California Senate debate. And Katie Porter is there and Adam Schiff is there. Steve Garvey is there as the Republican. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that was uh, Representative Barbara Lee. $50 an hour minimum wage. The problem we have, of course, is a total lack of understanding regarding how the economy works. And this idea comes from, amongst many places, lying to Americans. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. One of the lies is, my gosh, this economy is strong. Everything's going great. Joe Biden deserves so much credit. Look how good things are. You can take a look at certain numbers and say, okay, that shows something. Hmm, that works. Okay, that's something. Well, we're going to take a look at numbers. Let's take a look at BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which states that the consumer price index for all consumers increased 0.3%. 0.3%. It was up 0.2 in December. It's up 0.3 today. And over the last 12 months, the all items index increased to 3.1% before seasonal adjustment. I won't even get into where the core is. I'll leave that for Dr. Matt Will. He joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Find him on X, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on the Twitter uh, box. Uh, you got in touch with me before I had the chance to get in touch with you, and your only conversation was, I'm not happy. The Dow is right now down 463, and it was in the green in the pre-market before this report came out. The 10-year treasury went through the roof when this report came out. So you're not alone. So let's start with the basics. Why are you unhappy, Dr. Will? Well, the unhappy is second. The basics are first. The basics are this. 
The core is 0.4. If you again, I multiply by 12, that's 4.8. We haven't had this high of an inflation since mid 2021, and it's a three month trend. You and I talk about this. You know, well, is it an anomaly? Is it one month up, one month down? We now have a three month trend. All items are up for three months. Core index is up three months. The ISM index, which the Institute for Supply Management, is up dramatically this last month. Um, it doesn't matter where you look. Everything is up. Food is up. Shelter is up. This is not what we were supposed to be promised by the president. Well, let's talk about how did these things go up. We have seen, of course, that there were some ticks down in, toward, in the end of 2023. Then we saw a questionable uh, inflation report that seemed to show inflation at 3.9%. They actually discussed it being revised down, basically 4%, twice what the target rate is from the Fed. The Fed had questioned whether or not there were going to be three rate cuts in 2024, and now we have this. So you want to talk about the basics. What were the basics that caused us or caused America to have an increase in inflation? Uh, President Biden. That's the bottom line. President Biden. Jerome Powell has been very politically correct. He's been very gentle in saying, you know, we've increased rates. We're doing our part. Can you people please control your spending? He's been very kind in saying this. And he said, unless you get your spending under control, don't expect rate cuts. He's been very consistent in what he said, and the administration is ignoring him. And you just played a clip before you brought me on that got me even more riled. $50 an hour for the kid who cuts my grass? That translates into 100000 a year. Really? And that's not going to cause inflation? These people, these socialists running the economy, they're the problem, and their solution is more of the problem. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I, I have never had to say this to you, sir, uh, but I will. Just uh, warning you that we uh, do follow FCC regulations here. And we do. Because I think I you're close. Like, I think you're that bothered. Of course the $50 minimum wage is, is a madness conversation. She's trying to make the argument. It could be 25 everywhere else, but 50 is the living wage in California, only proving, in my view, that there's no such thing as a living wage. But you mentioned Biden. Biden is the issue and the reason the inflation is up. We haven't, while there has been, of course, spending packages with the Inflation Reduction Act, infrastructure, things like that, as the Republicans have been in charge because of, yes, a lot of dysfunction, there also has not been a lot of legislation. So are we sure that our, our blame Biden mathematics is accurate here? It is, because this was the guy who looked, who oversaw the significant, biggest increase in federal spending in the history of our country, the biggest increase in deficits in the history of our country. And it's more than just his actions on the pocketbook. It's what he's doing uh, from the bully pulpit. This guy had the gall to not do a, a Super Bowl interview. Instead, he did the shrinkflation commercial. This is I, I've been teaching this for years, Tony. The, the socialist playbook is this. Cause inflation and then blame it on business. I've been teaching this for decades. And that's exactly what pr the president is doing. He is complaining that the businesses are causing inflation through shrinkflation. And he wants you to blame the businesses for something he has created. Here, i got to give you one piece of data. Three years, three years since he took office, 16.7% inflation. The entire Trump administration was 
three years are more than double the entire previous four years. That's all you have to look at to see what's happening here. So now we need to establish the difference between the overall and the core, because you went right to the core. The core takes out food and energy. Those are considered volatile. Let's go back to basics. Why do they get called volatile? And indeed, does that number comport better? Is that the number we should be looking at? At, at, at The number we should really be looking at, should it be with or without the food and energy numbers? Well, you know, I, there's no right answer to that question. What, what you did say correctly, though, is that it removes the volatility, the swings up and the swings down, which could be to a windstorm, you know, a pipeline breaks in Alaska, so that causes energy to fluctuate, you know, someone invades another country. So a lot of things outside of the president's control. So core inflation is less fluctuating, yet it is back up now to where it was in mid-2021. But that is energy. Food is still up. Food doubled last month. Last month, food doubled. That's a significant item because all of us have to eat, and we all see it. You can't go to a restaurant and look at the bill and and don't notice that inflation has hit the food pocketbook more than anything else. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will. On Twitter, I mentioned that once this report came out, the 10-year Treasury jumped big. And, of course, the 10-year Treasury is important to note because that's what they base mortgage rates on. And for a while there, it had been back under 4%. And it was like, okay, this is good. This is a, this is a win. And then, well, right now, it's at 4.28. The jump was massive uh, this morning. Uh, How do these new uh, rates, this new inflation, how do we feel this is going to affect interest rates in short and long term? Up, up. That's the bottom line. I'm not sure how much more detail I can go up because the market thought inflation was under control. Jerome Powell said, hold your horses. We're still spending too much. And magic, three months of trending up. So the market got it wrong, which it often does, and we are still with inflation. Oh, the good, there's good news. It's not as bad as it was a year and a half ago. That's our good news? That's your good news. Well, you are a, you are a ray of sunshine. We see the market immediately lose its, lose its lunch, right? We, we see it say, dear Lord, we do not want any part of this. This this is not the day we were looking for. What's fascinating in these kinds of moments is that tomorrow everything can be fine. What is the reaction we're seeing from the market today? Well, it's interesting the way that you say that. It's a thing called market efficiency, and people could go ahead and Google that. Market efficiency is this concept that the market instantly incorporates all the news it has. And so that's what you saw. The movement, the, the market lost its lunch, as you said, as soon as it got the bad news. Tomorrow, it's already incorporated that bad news. So whatever happens tomorrow could cause it to go up. But that bad news is now in the market. And it's, it's gone. It's done. It's history. Okay. It's a sunk cost, as we say in accounting. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying here. Because it doesn't seem to me to make sense that something like this could come out, that you could have this kind of situation 
you could have this kind of issue. And then all of a sudden the market says, okay, we've absorbed it in and we're fine. We're moving on to the next thing. What do you mean you're moving on to the next thing? This has real world effect on everybody and on everything that we buy. How, how does the market think they could just absorb this in a day and get back to just whistling and walking down the street like there's not a problem in the world? Oh, it's not that the market doesn't believe there's a problem. What the market does is it instantly incorporates this information. You and I will talk about it. We're human beings. We're social animals. So it takes us time to mentally process it. But the market just coldly, very frigidly just says, okay, bad news, put it in. That's now in the past. The market never looks to the past. The market's always looking to the future. It got it wrong. The market thought we're going to have rate cuts. Inflation's under control. This morning it got slapped in the face and said, you're wrong. And so the market now has put that in. Now it's looking, well, let's see what's going to happen tomorrow. That seems odd. That seems odd because we look at this and every day we're dealing with it. There's this great clip of Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser talking to Bill Maher on his, uh, he's got a podcast, Club something, Club Random, I think it's called. Uh, and he's like, the economy's fine. Inflation isn't crazy. And she goes, look at the price of eggs. Try and buy a car. And she's losing her mind. She's four-letter this and four-letter that. And the truth is they're, they're both having a conversation of accuracy. In terms of inflation, as we have seen it in the past, it's not radical. In, in terms of interest rates that we've had historically, we are still relatively low. But in relationship to what we are told by the federal government, specifically by the Biden administration, that somehow it's all fine. And as you noted, it's the problem is shrinkflation because of these quote unquote greedy businesses. People realize that things aren't fine. So when you take a look at these numbers and you take a look at things like uh, consumer confidence, which is a number I take uh, as important, th this adds to the realization that consumers are not confident. And if the consumer is not confident, I have to assume the business owner is not confident about ways to move forward or ways to invest in their business and grow their business. But you're correct. But now let me, let me give you a contradicting piece of information. The consumer confidence index increased in January. So yay, it went up. But then we have this bad news and the market reacted positively to that news that when, when it was released back in January, just a couple weeks ago. And today we got bad news and now it reacts negatively. So yes, what you said is correct. You can have two disparate statements and they can both be correct. See, that's, that's what drives people nuts. Like it should have some ongoing uh, effect and, and it doesn't. And part of the thing that, that kind of struck me, you talk about, you know, where, where consumer confidence is, we also took a look at the fact that Coca-Cola said uh, they've they've got uh, they did better than than expected. You've got other companies that have come out with with numbers and saying, "Hey, uh, this has been uh, we're, we're much doing much better than than we thought in terms of how their revenues go." But we have not yet heard whether or not those revenues are because more people are buying their product or because people are paying more for their product. And I would assume oh, I that, that if it's question. the latter, it would have a continued negative effect on the economy. It did. It did. If you take the 500 S&P 500 
and you take the, the Jumbo 7, the Mega Cap 7, they made 107% last year. The rest of the market, 493 stocks in aggregate, lost 8%. That's a big deal. So it is factually true that these numbers are caused by inflation and that 493 out of 500 companies in the, in the aggregate had a, a negative year last year. That's just a fact. Biden should send a thank you note to those other seven and say, hey, appreciate you making me look good. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Age is his age, yes. I'll tell you this, though. I've worked with the president for a long time, especially closely as speaker when he was president and now since then. And he knows. I mean, he, he's always on the ball. He knows these issues. He knows the legislation. He helped write some of it. He campaigned on it. He remembers it. Uh, anyone who would uh, think that they're at some advantage because of his age uh, uh, thinks that at the peril because he's very sh- Yes, that must be it. It must be that they think it at, at their own peril. He talks to dead people, Nancy Pelosi. What is this nonsensical defense? He's 81. He isn't as strong. That's all there is to it. And I think it's a danger to the country. But but Trump, and Trump does this, and Trump does... Don't vote for him. He's not the president. Don't vote for him. Go ahead. Did he confuse Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley? He sure did. Did he confuse countries? He sure did. Has he spoken to dead people? Uh, Not that I know of. So Biden still got one up on him. Does he shuffle around the stage like he doesn't know where he is? No, no, that's just Biden. You want to do butt Trump, hashtag butt Trump, knock yourself out. But you sound like a damn fool. You sound more foolhardy than people like Speaker Pelosi, former Speaker Pelosi, who are trying to defend him. This isn't about Trump. This is about the guy in the Oval. The guy in the Oval isn't okay, clearly has mental issues, and should not have his finger on the button, endangering my children and yours. That's it. That's the conversation, John Stewart. That's the conversation, everybody. I'll explain more. This is Tony Katz today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America. 
It's Tony Katz today. Today, we make Vladimir Putin regret the day he questioned America's resolve. And we make clear to others, like China's President Xi, not to test our determination. And we send a clear bipartisan message of resolve to our allies in NATO. With the strong bipartisan support we have here in the Senate, with this vote, I believe that if Speaker Johnson brought this bill to the House floor, it will pass with the same strong bipartisan support. He's not bringing it. And by the way, what is this nonsense? We're going to show Vladimir Putin. He's going to regret the day he questioned America's resolve. What kind of commentary is this? What is Chuck Schumer doing? Why is it, Why does he always play this tough guy? Every single time he talks, it's, you're going to, you don't know, you test us, and we're going to show you, and you do something to the, to the, to the intelligence world, they've got nine waves from Sunday of getting back at you. And then, of course, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, there's a call to violence. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything over at TonyKatz.com. I'm tracking a couple of things, including that President Biden is going to speak soon about this foreign aid package. State Department is supposed to have a briefing, but this foreign aid package does not do anything about the border. And this is why Speaker Mike Johnson has said, yeah, we're not going to do this. You can find the full quote over at TonyKatz.com. It reads, House Republicans were crystal clear from the very beginning of discussions that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize that national security begins at our own border. The House acted 10 months ago to help enact transformative policy change by passing the Secure Our Border Act. And since then, including today, the Senate has failed to meet the moment. Remember, there was legislation. But the legislation was, uh, eh, eh, it, um, it was, uh, how do I, how do I describe the legislation? Ooh, you suck. All right, so that was, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It didn't actually protect the border. It made lots of claims. But if you're going to shut down the border with 5,000 crossings of people claiming asylum, why is the number 5,000? And what if they don't claim asylum? And even if they don't claim asylum, it allowed the Secretary of Homeland Security to provide asylum. So what are we looking at? Did it really bring about the technology pieces necessary to have a secure border? A secure border is not a fence from McAllen all the way to the Pacific. There are plenty of places where one does not need a fence. Fences don't stop, fences slow down, so these people can be apprehended. But we also have an administration that is clear as day. They do not believe in remain in Mexico as a policy because they think 
that somehow Mexico gets a say in this. A few things about Remain in Mexico. First of all, it depends upon uh, Mexico's agreement. And Mexico has articulated publicly that it will not allow the, the re-implementation of Remain in Mexico. Number- they don't get a say. They should be implementing Remain in Central America and preventing the flow. Because they are not a good friend, they must now deal with the consequences. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. They don't get a say when they do us harm, when they cause us great damage. I didn't know this was a a weird thing to note. This legislation doesn't pass. They want to tie it to funding in Ukraine and other places. So now they pass funding for Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel, including $9 billion to Gaza for humanitarian assistance. Now listen to me carefully. As we have already stated, there are definitely people who suffer in Gaza. That is the fault of Hamas. And if these people would just demand that Hamas surrender and put the pressure on, and put the pressure on Iran, more sanctions, maybe punching the Ayatollah directly in the face, putting an end to their ability to fund terrorism, maybe, just maybe, Hamas would surrender. Hamas has to be destroyed in order for there to be peace. But if you take $9 billion and you provide aid to Gaza, you're providing it to Hamas. They steal. They cannot be trusted. They are disgusting, lying frauds. Hamas is so despicable that they might as well join the UNRWA. Oh, the UN is no friend of free and thinking people. The UNRWA is in and of itself a terrorist organization. Because as Israel has gone after and, yes, killed Hamas terrorists, the Israeli military has found weapons and assets inside these headquarters. The UNRWA is this uh, Reliefs Works program that, that's, that's part of the United Nations. Oh, they're going to help the people of Gaza. They're going to do this and do that and do the other. And aren't they so wonderful? They're not wonderful. They are anything but wonderful. They are supporters of terrorism. Nope, sorry. They are terrorists themselves. UNRWA members, where you're talking about the United States funding to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars a year, were involved in the planning if not the execution of executing Israelis by Hamas. This has caused the United States and others to stop funding to the UNRWA, which has upset... Sorry about that. Uh, It has upset Representative Ocasio-Cortez to no end. How dare you not support the UNRWA? Because we don't support terrorists, and they're a terrorist organization. Assets and weapons found inside a United Nations-affiliated building. The UNRWA supports Hamas in the destruction of Israel. The United Nations is not worth a good, holy damn. It's time to rethink this organization. It's time to start over. That's all. So yes, I would have been opposed to the legislation by giving $9 billion to Gaza for humanitarian aid. I'm not opposed to humanitarian aid. 
I am opposed to the idea that someone could be such a fool as to think the people will get it. They won't get anything. Hamas will make sure of that. They are terrible people. They are terrorists. They do not run a nation. They do not run a society. They destroy everything they touch, and they don't care who they destroy. So when the Senate rejected the legislation last week, they rejected not only this aid, but they rejected the legislation about the border. Speaker Johnson's point is that the border comes first. Not that there can't be aid for these places, and you and I could disagree about who gets aid and how much aid. I have no problem sending bullets to Ukraine. I have no problem sending missiles to Israel. Zero problem with these things. Zero. You might have a problem with these things. Okay, that's a discussion. But what we are arguing is the border comes first. So this legislation for this uh, supplemental, this aid, comes before the Senate, they vote on it. What the House is saying is, listen to me carefully, border first. The mandate, writes Speaker Johnson, of national security supplemental legislation was to secure America's own border before sending additional foreign aid around the world. It is what the American people demand and deserve. Now, in the absence of having received any single border policy change from the Senate, the House will have to continue to work its own will on these important matters. America deserves better than the Senate's status quo. Translation, we passed legislation 270, 280 days ago on this exact subject. We passed legislation. The Senate can take it up. Chuck Schumer can take it up right now. But we take a look at you, Senate. You passed this foreign aid bill 70 to 29. That was the vote. 22 Republicans went along with it, including Senator Todd Young of Indiana and a host of others. Now, people are upset with him. How dare you do this funding without doing something about the border? The border deal came in front of him. I'm I'm speaking specifically about Senator Young in this case, my take. He said no. Now you brought this in front of him. He said yes. He did. I I would argue he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I don't think you say no to the border funding because or or to the to the funding of these other places because there's no border deal. There was a border deal. He voted no on it. Bring me another border deal. I'll vote yes. But you brought this to me. The other side of the argument is you don't vote for it at all until there's a border deal. Both ways I think are fine. But it's not as if he said, um, um, I don't care if there's a border deal. There was a border deal brought before him. He said, no, I think that should matter. I think that should be, it's a little more of honest of a conversation. But one could say, no, 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 don't even vote for this stuff. That way you put more pressure to demand a border deal. I think I can appreciate that point of view. This is exactly what Speaker Mike Johnson is saying, and I back that up. There should be absolutely no deal, none, no deal at all regarding providing to Israel, and of course I support Israel, Israel has the right to exist, Israel has the right to defend itself, I am a Zionist, there's not even a debate, but the border comes first, Americans come first, Mike Johnson is right. I don't believe this legislation is going to happen. If Republicans cannot stay together on this, I do not know what to tell you about the Republican Party. 
yet Joe Biden is supposed to come out and sing the praises of this thing and talk about how important it is. I don't know if he'll take questions. What I do know is that if he does, it's going to be hilarious. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. What's the first thing I do, even before I assess why they're fighting, before I gather the facts and know what's happening? I stop the fight. I stop fighting. Yes. So if I come home and I have two kids fighting and I say, go, go, beat the crap out of them, I am evil because I violated the most basic duty of fatherhood, which is to bring peace, because I have the power. I'm the only one who can bring peace. And so if you see a nation with awesome power abetting war for its own sake, you have a leadership that has no moral authority, that is illegitimate. And I mean that, too. And, I, and I, not, I'm not even referring to any specific region or conflict. I mean generally. And I'm deeply offended by that. Deeply. Tucker Carlson is deeply offended. I don't know how I'm going to survive. This is from a site called Arab News that posted this. He spoke at the World Government Summit. The U.S. has lost moral authority for not calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Entering an era where this awesome force for good is instead being used for evil. Is that what he said? is the most bring peace. And so if you see a nation with awesome power abetting war for its own sake, you have a leadership that has no moral authority, that is illegitimate. And I mean that too. And, I, and I, not, I'm not even referring to any specific region or conflict. I mean generally. And I'm deeply offended by that, deeply. Um, and, and it's something that I try to express, and I'm often called a traitor for saying that. It's the opposite. I say that, I say that because I believe in the United States, I think it's a moral, it has been a morally superior country. And if we allow our leaders to use our power to spread destruction for its own sake, that is shameful. It's a binary, okay? It's a, it's a black and white. It's a zero and a one. You are either creating or you're destroying. You're improving or you're degrading. And that's how you know whether something is good or bad, whether it's virtuous or evil. If you just judge the fruits, <laughs> by its fruits, you will know it. Uh, and I and I'm very distressed and concerned that we are entering an era where this awesome force for good is instead being used for evil. Now, if he's referring to Israel, well, then we have words. I'm not so sure he is, and I and and maybe I need to see more of a clip. Here's how it all started. 
is the most powerful country in the history of the world. So if you were to frame this in terms we're all familiar with, which are the most basic terms, the terms of the family, the United States would be dad, it would be the father. And the father's sacred obligation is to protect his family and to restore peace within his walls. So if I come home, I have four children, if I come home from work and two of my kids are fighting, what's the first thing I do? Even before I assess why they're fighting, before I gather the facts and know what's happening, I, I, stop, the fight. I stop fighting. Yes. So if I come home and I have two kids fighting and I say, go, go, beat the crap out of them. I am evil. That Arab News uh, posts this as something that is uh, U.S. losing its moral authority for not calling for a ceasefire. From the clip, I can't say that's the case. But certainly one could make an inference. I guess I'd have to see the, the rest of what Tucker had to say here. Um, it, is, it is amongst the political right in today's world a bit of heresy to say that Tucker is not correct. I would say it to his face without any hesitation. No hesitation at all. When he's wrong, I will say so. I will back it up and we can talk about it. This is wrong. How did that happen? How did that happen? And at a certain point, I don't think the average person cares as much about abstractions as about the concrete reality of his life. And if you can't use your subway, for example, as many people are afraid to in New York City because it's too dangerous, you have to sort of wonder, like, isn't that the ultimate measure of leadership? And that's true. By the way, it's radicalizing for an American to go to Moscow. I didn't know that. I've learned it this week. To Singapore, to Tokyo, to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Because these cities, no matter how we're told they're run and on what principles they're run, are wonderful places to live that don't have rampant inflation, where you're not going to get raped. Sir, and excuse so, me. What is that? Well, that is you not being honest. The idea that New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles aren't living up to its promise, aren't actually engaged in a protection of the citizenry by utilizing a proper application of its laws, is not to say that as a nation it is run wrong or as a nation somehow Abu Dhabi is run better. Let's talk to the women and get their thoughts. That's like saying, my gosh, China, look at how their, how their trains work. It's so incredible. We need high-speed rail like this. We do? Because you're saying that we should be emulating a nation that will take the Uyghur Muslims and put them in concentration camps. Oh, I'm sorry, re-education camps. Well, I don't know where they are. I do know that the women are getting raped. This I know. This isn't something you're supposed to emulate. This isn't something you want to, 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 to value. I have no idea if these cities are prettier or nicer. What I know is, is that our cities are not living up to their promise because poor elections lead to poor results. And that indeed is true. The leadership is failed in those places and that is by political party. That is worthy of noting. To say that Moscow is better? I'm sorry, that's not a, well, it's just an objective statement. Look at Moscow. Look how pretty it is. No, no. Just like we're discussing the leadership, the leadership of Moscow is absolute force into brutality. 
Don't do what they say. We throw your body at the Ukrainians. Don't worry. We'll use it to run the tanks over so we can advance four more feet before we have to retreat four more feet, which we'll then do on your half-decomposed carcass. What are we looking at? You don't have to think that someone is, you know, always right all the time. You're allowed to disagree. It's healthy and it's good and it matters. And with Tucker, I'm I'm doing it right here. This is Tony Katz today. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Before I go, just for a second, I, ahead, I, I just I want to pick yeah. up where Joe is. Democrats have got to start getting pissed. Joe Biden has done a great job. Joe Biden has overseen the best economy in my lifetime. He has overseen getting NATO together and defending Ukraine, handling Israel deftly, keeping this country coming out of COVID. He's done everything right. The other guy is insane. Joe Biden is 80 plus years old. Yes, he is. He has been a competent, effective leader. The Democrats need to get pissed and start fighting. Uh, Counter argument, Donnie Deutsch. You're wrong. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'll I'll get in some more of that. I have a bunch of things that I haven't gotten to, including Fonnie Willis. Oh, they're coming out of the woodwork to go after the Fulton County DA. This fraud giving uh, extra dollars to her lover, who's now acting as the prosecutor against Donald Trump. Oh, you want to talk about a crook. But but if, if I could just for a moment. Uh, if you follow me on X, you may have seen that just now I, I, I wrote a uh, a little uh, missive o- over to the people at Fox News. It turns out that over there in New York, um, they are going to have a snowstorm. Not even supposed to be here today. Yeah, there 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 is gonna be. Some some snow, and it, it, it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be um, it's gonna be pretty bad. Damn, nature, you scary. I agree, I agree. You know what the problem is? The problem is is that uh, we here in the Midwest we get snow all the time. We get bad weather constantly. 
You know who doesn't report on it while driving around? Fox News. We get garbage weather all the time. You don't report on it. Why in the world are you telling us about your snowstorm? We don't care. By the way, I've also made sure that I'm not invited back on Fox for a good long time. Then again, these days, I have no idea what they're even after. I don't. I like them. We like them. I like what they're doing with Fox Nation. They have clearly engaged some traction there. But no one cares about the snowstorm. Let's get back to news and culture sincerely. And that's what I wrote. Dear Fox News, we like you, but we don't care about you getting some snow or a lot of snow. We get snow, lots of snow. You don't report on it like this. Let's get back to news and culture. Sincerely, the Midwest and your viewers. What are you doing? Stop. Stop giving us the these th- this imagery like oh my gosh snowmageddon in in new york no one no one cares it doesn't move us now if you want to talk about weather affecting the special election in new york where they're trying to replace george santos i get that that's a fine news story other than that would you Would you stop trying to sell us on the idea that if it's happening there, it matters to us here? It doesn't. It doesn't. We don't. I I, I don't know how to how to say this. I don't know how to kind of uh, phrase this to you. It's it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. All right, maybe I got it. May, may, maybe maybe I've got it. All right, let me let me let me try this. All right, all right, all right. All right let me. I'll, I'll get it. You know what? If, if I don't, if I don't say it right, honey badger don't care. Listen, listen to me now. Um, we don't care, and we're tired of being told that we should care about everything that happens on your street corners. I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in Jersey. I live in Indianapolis, and I'm thrilled to live in Indiana. Thrilled to live in a place like this. You know what I don't care about? Pizza rat. I don't care that you have a rat that likes to eat giant slices of pizza and quite literally can be seen tossing pies off of Fifth Avenue. I don't care. Oh, look at the rat. It's taking a piece of pizza down the steps of the subway. All of a sudden, Tucker Carlson may be right. Your city is crap. I, I don't I don't worry about these things. I don't care about these things because you don't. It's not like you're trying to make your city better. You vote for people who are destructive. You vote for people who are terrible. The only way to learn is pain. And why do you think we haven't been there to visit? Why do you think we haven't come for years? But stop telling us about the weather. Whole, we have derechos uh, that, that, that hit uh, Iowa. We're talking about massive storms that do tremendous damage. We get a line, and then you move on to some story that no one gives two craps about. And I should just call out Fox for this. It's everybody. They think that somehow, because that's where they are, and that's where they have the buildings, that's the place that matters. No, it's not. It's hard to, for them to imagine.
how little they matter in our lives. And it's why what we do matters so much as a guy who chased it. Of course I did. I'm a guy in talk radio. I'm a guy who does pretty well on TV. I did a lot of work with Fox, and I may do work with them in the future. I haven't stopped doing TV. But I don't pitch anymore. I don't reach out to do the work anymore. I don't. I chased Fox, thinking that I could be one of those guys. Now, do I believe I have the skill set? Of course I do. You, in, in, in any business, if you really believe that you could be a guy who does the thing, you believe that you could do it anywhere. Of course I do. Just like any radio host, do I believe that I am at the, at the top of my game? Absolutely. Do I believe that I'm better than the people I see on TV? In the, in, in the majority of cases, you bet your ass. You know what you learn? None of that matters. It doesn't matter if I can do. It matters what they need. What they think they need. What they desire. Where their objectives are. And that doesn't mean it aligns with your objective. I'm a guy who chased. Of course I did. And then I said, uh, uh, what am I doing? There's nothing to chase here. This isn't the goal. Be a pundit? I had no interest in being a pundit. I want to I talk. I want to share. I want to engage. I want to hear from people. But I want to hear from people across the country. I want to hear from people who are, are, are engaged in everyday lives that have a real effect on you, me, and we. I'll talk about subjects that, that matter. So am I, you know, angry with Fox? No, not at all. I'm angry with these networks that think that somehow where they are is the place that matters as opposed to where people are. And your people are in the Midwest and they don't give a damn about your snowstorm. So if you could, just uh, stop talking about the snowstorm. That'd be great. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. These med schools are going to get us all killed. All of us. As the reporting goes, UCLA med students assigned readings calling for the abolition of borders. The group was called Do No Harm that um, shared this story. Me, I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Some of the assigned readings, structural racism and health equity. One of the readings was entitled Beyond Border Health, Infrastructural Violence and the Health of Border Abolition, calling for a no-border system that privileges uh, liberatory solidarity, that's their words, with migrants. Um, No borders means that you will have more diseases coming into the United States that we thought eradicated because certainly our systems of health and cleanliness and hygiene and, and sanitation are far superior. And that should be noted. But you want open borders and this should be taught and, and something that should be practiced within med schools? What about actually, you know, the patient in front of you? 
Well, that's secondary. Just make sure you're using the right pronoun. Med schools are going to get people killed. Your grandmother is not safe. You are not safe. Add to this the, the nursing shortage that's going on in America. Where's the institutional knowledge to be uh, brought down the generational chain? It's gone. Or it's going. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough nurses who stay in the places. You certainly don't have the nurses for more remote hospitals. You don't have it. That's going to lead to dead Americans. But when doctors are more focused on the wokeness and on the pronouns and on the patient in front of them, you have dead patients. When you clearly see, based on all the other demographics, why would it be different in medicine? That the entree to medical school is not based on talent or knowledge. It is rather based on things that have nothing to do with it. When you see schools that take a look at organic chemistry and students complaining that it's just too hard, organic chemistry is supposed to be hard. It separates the wheat from the chaff. It separates out those who can be doctors and those who can't. Because no matter who you are, no matter your race, your religion, your sexual orientation, I don't care. Some of you can make great doctors and some of you don't have what it takes. And that's the end of the ball game. Some of you could play quarterback in the NFL and some of you can't. Some of you could be a shooting guard and some of you can't. And that's the way it goes. Natural lottery, however you want to call it. We're not supposed to attack this. We're supposed to support this because we want the people who can be doctors to be doctors. We want to be in those hands when it comes to our medical care. And when we're watching a basketball game, we want to watch the people who can shoot the best three. And when we're watching people play chess, we want to watch people who understand the idea of an opening, the idea of defense. We want people who have looked at Queen's Gambit and said, oh, that's not real. Let me show you how it's done. That's what you want. Not everybody can be a doctor. I mean, anybody can be a doctor, but you have to have a certain mind for it. We should be celebrating that. Not saying, no, that's not fair, let's open it up and let's make the, the, the important qualities things that have nothing to do with medicine. These med schools are going to get us all killed. In Texas, there was a woman who claimed to be a man who was involved in a shooting. How she was able to purchase a firearm is a great question. Passed the background checks, but she was on a list. A history of mental illness held in an emergency detention order in 2016. This woman who went by Jeffrey, a lengthy criminal history, going back to 2005, charges of assault, weapons, marijuana possession, forgery charges, found anti-Semitic writings, issues that this murderer had with her Jewish relatives. Why do I say her? Because uh, she thought that she was a he and said that she was a he and I'm not interested in playing a game. I'm interested in describing things as they are. 
Gender dysphoria is a mental illness. And this story of the shooting that took place at Lakewood Church, that Joel Osteen church, this story is going to disappear. Disappear. Why? Because the shooter was transgender. And oh, we can't talk about that. That could be seen as rude. We should be talking about the Nashville shooter and the mental issues they're in. And we should be talking about this shooter and the, and the mental issues they're in. We talk about mental issues all over the place. We talk about mental issues all the time. We talk about these things constantly. But yet somehow on this subject, nothing to be said. Somehow on this subject, we cannot say a word. Nah. We should be saying much. And what we should be saying is, hey, how soon before this story completely disappears from sight? How soon before this story disappears that this woman also brought a child with her? A kid. And I have no idea if this child is going to survive. Now, someone thought that maybe the child had had passed. I I I still haven't seen a good story on that one. I've got a, a bunch of things here, but I have nothing on where this child is. What I know is this story is going to disappear. It's going to disappear because narrative-wise, oh, this is not okay. We can't be honestly discussing these things. I think we should. And I think we will. You want honesty? The Dow is down nearly 600 points. Right now, 597.70. That's what it's down. Should we just wait to see if it crosses 600? This because of the inflation report. And yet this Biden administration is still trying to tell you that everything is going great, that, oh, the consumer is thrilled because, oh, look, consumer confidence was up. Ask them today. Ask them today what they think. Days like this, inflation reports like this, this affects business. If you missed my conversation with Matt Will, I'll, I'll share it with you coming up. There is an effect here. And it is the idea of capital expenditure. It is idea how you grow your business. And who could feel comfortable about growing a business right now? Who could possibly feel comfortable about growing a business? Joe Biden is expected to uh, deliver remarks regarding the foreign aid bill that passed the Senate this morning. It's been delayed 45 minutes so far. Let's, let's see if he gets to it. This is Tony Katz today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Joe Biden is an hour late to his own remarks, which I don't even know if I'm surprised anymore. I I don't. What possibly are they doing an hour, not 10 minutes late, an hour 
It was supposed to be remarks at 1.15, and we noted that that'll be a little weird because you've got the State Department with a briefing. State Department with a briefing? You're not going to overtake them. You would, you know, you'd wait. So, okay, it delays. It delays. It delays. It's a long delay. Joe Biden is supposed to give remarks on the Senate passage of foreign aid. Okay, they passed the foreign aid bill. That's wonderful. That's terrific. The, the, the problem with the foreign aid bill is that the House is not there on it. Doesn't stop Chuck Schumer from playing the tough guy. Today, we make Vladimir Putin regret the day he questioned America's resolve. And we make clear to others, like China's President Xi, not to test our determination. What are you talking about? Why is why does this affect Russia at all? Why does this affect China at all? Because you're going to give aid to Ukraine and to Taiwan? They know this. They're fully aware of this. Why are you instigating like you're a tough guy? Shouldn't the conversation be, we support the very idea of freedom. And we support those people who want to live free. And we want to make sure that we are clear that our friendship is one of value. And while we expect much from our friends, we are there to take care of our friends. And let those who want to make a choice not to be our friends... Know where we stand. Know what we believe. And most importantly, that we take friendship very seriously. Now, you could say to me, Tony, what's the real difference? Well, in one, the message is received. In the other, the message is from an egomaniacal old man who pretends he's a tough guy and is only tough because he's been in the Senate for nine bajillion years. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find it all at TonyCats.com. I'd appreciate it if you would. I just, every time Chuck Schumer talks, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. This is, this is just silly. All I know is we're, we're already getting thanks from Vladimir Zelensky. Бажаю здоров'я, шановні українці, українки. Є позитив зі Сполучених Штатів. Щойно Сенат проголосував за... Yeah, trust me, he's uh, saying the Senate just voted to continue... Uh, the, the support of our country and our warriors of Vladimir Zelensky continues a decision we have worked very hard for, a decision that has been awaited not only by us, but by many other nations, particularly in Europe. The world is waiting for American leadership uh, to remain steadfast and help protect lives and preserve freedom, says Vladimir Zelensky. This truly contributes to confidence and motivation. I thank Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. And who else do you thank? And Republican Leader Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch himself, for their determination and morally strong choice. Democracy will surely prevail. Uh, for, for, for clarity. For clarity. I want Ukraine to exist. And I want Russia to be thwarted. These are the things that I want. I do not want Russia to be able to have an easy go of it. I do not want Russia to have Ukraine. 
Not at all. Not in any way. I don't want them to have anything that resembles success for Vladimir Putin. I think that's a terrible idea. But Ukraine has to accept that the battle that you are fighting is a very, very tough battle, and the victory that you want may not be obtainable. Are you prepared for this? Because if the answer is just this continued war of attrition, they've got more people that can do the attrition. They have more bodies than you. That's just reality. And I don't know if anybody talks to Ukraine about reality. We will hear from Joe Biden soon enough about this aid. I want to hear what he says. And then I want to hear if he takes questions. That, to me, is a big one. Because the House has said, we're not doing anything with foreign aid until we do something about the border. We're not doing anything with foreign aid until we do something about the border. And I think that's right. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. He's, he just flatly said that. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hands. As I've said before, the stakes in this fight extend far beyond Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself just to Ukraine. And the cost for America and our allies and partners are going to rise. For Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. History is watching. Failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. I want to be clear about something, because I know it's important to the American people. While this bill sends military equipment to Ukraine, it spends the money right here in the United States of America. Places like Arizona, where the Patriot missiles are built, and Alabama, where the Javelin missiles are built, and Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas, where artillery shells are made. And the way it works is we supply Ukraine with military equipment from our stockpiles, and then we spend our money replenishing those stockpiles so our military has access to them. Stockpiles that are made right here in America by American workers. That not only supports American jobs and American communities, it allows us to invest in maintaining and strengthening our own defense manufacturing capacity. Look, this bill meets our national security priorities in the Middle East as well and includes greater support for our troops serving in the region, who continue to defend against militia attacks 
backed by Iran. It also provides Israel with the, what it needs to protect its people against a terrorist group like Hamas and Hezbollah and others. And it will provide life-saving humanitarian aid to the Palestinian people who desperately need food, water, and shelter. They need help. And finally, this bill includes critical funding for our national security priorities in Asia. Because even as we focus on the conflicts in Gaza and Ukraine, we must not take our eye off our national security challenges in the Pacific. It's the responsibility of a great nation, and we are a great nation that the rest of the world looks to. And I mean that. The rest of the world looks to us. The stakes are already high for American security before this bill was passed in the Senate last night. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American. When America gives us word, it means something. When we make a commitment, we keep it. And NATO is a sacred commitment. Donald Trump looks at this as if it's a burden. When he looks at NATO, he doesn't see the alliance that protects America and the world. He sees a protection racket. He doesn't understand that NATO is built on fundamental principles of freedom, security, and national sovereignty. Because for Trump, principles never matter. Everything is transactional. He doesn't understand that the sacred commitment we've given works for us as well. In fact, I would remind Trump and all those who would walk away from NATO, Article 5 has only been invoked once, just once in our NATO history. And it was done to stand with America after we were attacked on 9-11. We should never forget it. You know, our adversaries have long sought to create cracks in the alliance. The greatest hope of all those who wish America harm is for NATO to fall apart. And you can be sure that they all cheered when they heard Donald Trump and heard what he said. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's President Biden speaking live about the foreign aid bill, which has turned into some kind of campaign speech. Go back to it. As long as I'm president, if Putin attacks a NATO ally, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory. Let me close with this. You've heard me say this before. Our nation stands at an inflection point, an inflection point in history where the decisions we make now are going to determine the course of our future for decades to come. This is one of those moments. And I say to the House members, House Republicans, you got to decide. Are you going to stand up for freedom? Or are you going to side with terror and tyranny? You're going to stand with Ukraine? You're going to stand with Putin? Will we stand with America or with Trump? Republicans and Democrats in the Senate came together to send a message of unity to the world. It's time for the House Republicans to do the same thing, to pass this bill immediately, to stand for decency, stand for democracy, 
to stand up to a so-called leader hell-bent on weakening American security. And I mean it sincerely. History is watching. History is watching. In moments like this, we have to remember who we are. We're the United States of America. The world is looking to us. There's nothing beyond our capacity when we act together. In this case, acting together includes acting with our NATO allies. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. Thank you. Sir, when Trump said that, sir. So he walks right off. He said he wasn't going to answer questions, and he has not answered questions. That was insane. He wants uh, the Republicans to pass this in the House. He wants Speaker Johnson uh, to pass this in the House, the $60 billion for Ukraine, the $14 billion for Israel, the $9 uh, billion in, in, in humanitarian assistance for Gaza, which will end up in the hands of Hamas, money for Taiwan. And he makes it a, a, a campaign speech about Trump. You can either be on the side of freedom or you can be on the side of Trump from the White House. From the White House. That's nuts. That there are going to be 9 million questions here about what can and can't be done from the White House. But certainly, you know, you're the president of the United States. You're able to make statements as as you see fit that's crazy the gop must choose to stand with the us or trump Ooh. by the way this is how biden started the conversation but i don't want anything to get in the way of the statement to be very blunt about it not that you wouldn't just focus on the statement. Okay, so no questions because I don't want anything to get in ahead of the statement. Fine. You want to argue that the United States will protect every inch of NATO? Absolutely fine. Our adversaries want NATO to fall apart? Unquestionably true. None of those things bother me. Oddly enough, those used to be Republican principles, which is a weird conversation in and of itself. The GOP can support NATO or support NATO or support the country or support Trump. They are supporting the country by not doing anything until we have some damn border security. You don't get to tell us we have to send 90 plus billion dollars around the globe when you don't have a secure southern border. This is a very easy conversation to combat. You're trying to make a moral play. And to do that, you want to go after Trump as being immoral, which is fine on the campaign trail. Not so much fine here. But the pressure play doesn't work because you didn't secure the border. You know how long it took me to figure that out? Correct. No time whatsoever. I will admit, I was very surprised by the by the audacity statements here. You made it about Trump. The people in Ukraine don't give a damn. The people in Israel don't give a damn. Now, I will, and by the way, the people on the southern border don't give a damn. They want the protection that is promised to them by the United States Constitution in Article 4, Section 4. 
But we should we should note, uh, by the way, that that this whole conversation about the the, the money that no, nothing about the border has been done or ha- and has been delivered. Nothing about the border has been given. And for Joe Biden not to recognize that, I, I think, is, is incredibly foolhardy. This is such an easy one to push back on. The border first. Here's House Bill 2, which we passed 280 days ago. Go take it up in the Senate. We can take this up after that gets taken up. You don't want to play politics? Okay. The American people aren't politics. Ukraine is. Next. If I'm Speaker Johnson, I get to the microphone and I say it is very clear from President Biden's statement that he doesn't care if Americans die. Let me say that again. Joe Biden doesn't care if Americans die. Just like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hates brown children because she doesn't care that they get trafficked up through Mexico, through the Darien Gap, through all those South American and Central American nations. She doesn't care if they get raped. She doesn't care if they get killed. That's obvious because she hasn't taken any photo ops down there since Joe Biden's been president. Joe Biden doesn't care about American children or American wives or American men. She doesn't care or he does not care about any of them. He only cares that Ukraine likes him and he gets to act the tough guy against Donald Trump. The people of the border states, the people living with the hellscape of all these illegal immigrants in New York and other places don't actually care about your fight with Donald Trump. They care about a protected border. Would you please take the proper pills that allow you to think like a person and let's do something about it? House Bill 2 is here. Go have a talk about it in the Senate. Pass the damn thing and sign it. Mike Johnson should be out of his head. And he should state as clear as day that Joe Biden doesn't care about American children, American wives, American husbands, American families at all. That's what he just said. Meanwhile, the Dow is now down over 700 points the nasdaq is down 325 why inflation is up remember how they told us the economy is going great Uh, they, they, they told us the economy is going great this is one of their people i think it's jared bernstein he's there on uh i don't remember i don't remember which one this is is this cnb no it's cnn and he wants to tell you that everything's in terrific. The past. In the past few months, we've seen what some of these survey takers, not us, this is their word, have called a surge in consumer confidence. So the University of Michigan survey, which is a survey for the whole country, they take it at the university there, uh, is up about 30% in two months. And our theory of the case, Sarah, has long been that if we can maintain the tight job market, we're easing off on prices so that real, that is inflation-adjusted incomes can grow, 
grow, increasing people's buying power while doing everything we can to actually lower the cost of food, of eggs, of milk, of airfares, of used cars, appliances, things that you know really matter to everyday folks for families like the one the president grew up in. It should start showing up in uh, consumer confidence. And it- Dow is down seven. 700. Yeah, you might not be wanting to tout this. I'm Tony Katz. Just do the math. Of course, we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25? Fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. Ms. Lee. That is a push for a $50 an hour minimum wage in California during a California Senate debate. And Katie Porter is there, and Adam Schiff is there, Steve Garvey is there as the Republican. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that was uh, Representative Barbara Lee. $50 an hour minimum wage. The problem we have, of course, is a total lack of understanding regarding how the economy works. And this idea comes from, amongst many places, lying to Americans. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. One of the lies is, my gosh, this economy is strong. Everything's going great. Joe Biden deserves so much credit. Look how good things are. You can take a look at certain numbers and say, okay, that shows something. Hmm, that works. Okay, That's something. Well, we're going to take a look at numbers. Let's take a look at BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which states that the consumer price index for all consumers increased 0.3%. 0.3%. It was up 0.2 in December. It's up 0.3 today. And over the last 12 months, the all items index increased to 3.1%. Before seasonal adjustment, I won't even get into where the core is. I'll leave that for Dr. Matt Will. He joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Find him on X, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on the Twitter uh, box. Uh, You got in touch with me before I had the chance to get in touch with you, and your only conversation was, I'm not happy. The Dow is right now down 463, and it was in the green in the pre-market before this report came out. The 10-year Treasury went through the roof when this report came out, so you're not alone. So let's start with the basics. Why are you unhappy, Dr. Will? Well, the, the unhappy is second. The basics are first. The basics are this. The core is 04 if you Again, I multiply by 12, that's 4.8. We haven't had this high of an inflation since mid-2021, and it's a three-month trend. You and I talk about this, you know, well, is it an anomaly? Is it one month up, one month down? We now have a three-month trend. All items are up for three months. Core index is up three months. The ISM index, which the Institute for Supply Management, is up dramatically this last month. Um, it doesn't matter where you look. Everything is up. Food is up. Shelter is up. This is not what we were supposed to be promised by the president. Well, let's talk about how did these things go 
up. We have seen, of course, that there were some ticks down in, toward, in the end of 2023. Then we saw a questionable uh, inflation report that seemed to show inflation at 3.9%. They actually discussed it being revised down, basically 4%, twice what the target rate is from the Fed. The Fed had questioned whether or not there were going to be three rate cuts in 2024, and now we have this. So you want to talk about the basics. What were the basics that caused us or caused America to have an increase in inflation? Uh, President Biden. That's the bottom line. President Biden. Jerome Powell has been very politically correct. He's been very gentle in saying, you know, we've increased rates. We're doing our part. Can you people please control your spending? He's been very kind in saying this. And he said, unless you get your spending under control, don't expect rate cuts. He's been very consistent in what he said. And the administration is ignoring him. And you just played a clip before you brought me on that got me even more riled. $50 an hour for the kid who cuts my grass? That translates into 100000 a year. Really? And that's not going to cause inflation. These people, these socialists running the economy... They're the problem, and their solution is more of the problem. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I, I have never had to say this to you, sir, uh, but I will. Just uh, warning you that we uh, do follow FCC regulations here. And we do. Because I think you're close. Like, I think you're that bothered. Of course the $50 minimum wage is, is a madness conversation. She's trying to make the argument. It could be 25 everywhere else, but 50 is the living wage in California, only proving, in my view, that there's no such thing as a living wage. But you mentioned Biden. Biden is the issue and the reason the inflation is up. We haven't, while there has been, of course, spending packages with the Inflation Reduction Act, infrastructure, things like that, as the Republicans have been in charge because of, yes, a lot of dysfunction, there also has not been a lot of legislation. So are we sure that our, our blame Biden mathematics is accurate here? It is, because this was the guy who looked, who oversaw the biggest increase in federal spending in the history of our country, the biggest increase in deficits in the history of our country. And it's more than just his actions on the pocketbook. It's what he's doing uh, from the bully pulpit. This guy had the gall to not do a, a Super Bowl interview. Instead, he did the shrinkflation commercial. This is I, I've been teaching this for years, Tony. The, the socialist playbook is this. Cause inflation and then blame it on business. I've been teaching this for decades. And that's exactly what pr the president is doing. He is complaining that the businesses are causing inflation through shrinkflation. And he wants you to blame the businesses for something he has created. Here, I've got to give you one piece of data. Three years, three years since he took office, 16.7% inflation. The entire Trump administration was 7.6. Three years are more than double the entire previous four years. That's all you have to look at to see what's happening here. So now we need to establish the difference between the overall and the core, because you went right to the core. The core takes out food and energy. Those are considered volatile. Let's go back to basics. Why do they get called volatile? And indeed, does that number comport better? Is that the number we should be looking at? At, at, at The number we should really be looking at, should it be with or without the food and energy numbers? 
Well, you know, I, there's no right answer to that question. What, what you did say correctly, though, is that it removes the volatility that swings up and the swings down, which could be to a windstorm, you know, a pipeline breaks in Alaska, so that causes energy to fluctuate. You know, someone invades another country. So a lot of things outside of the president's control. So core inflation is less fluctuating, yet it is back up now to where it was in mid-2021. But that is energy. Food is still up. Food doubled last month. Last month, food doubled. That's a significant item because all of us have to eat, and we all see it. You can't go to a restaurant and look at the bill and and don't notice that inflation has hit the food pocketbook more than anything else. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will. On Twitter, I mentioned that once this report came out, the 10-year Treasury jumped big. And, of course, the 10-year Treasury is important to note because that's what they base mortgage rates on. And for a while there, it had been back under 4%. And it was like, okay, this is good. This is a this is a win. And then, well, right now, it's at 4.28. The jump was massive uh, this morning. Uh, How do these new uh, rates, this new inflation, how do we feel this is going to affect interest rates in short and long term? Up, up. That's the bottom line. I'm not sure how much more detail I can go up because the market thought inflation was under control. Jerome Powell said, hold your horses. We're still spending too much. And magic, three months of trending up. So the market got it wrong, which it often does, and we are still with inflation. Oh, the good, there's good news. It's not as bad as it was a year and a half ago. That's our good news? That's your good news. Well, you are a, you are a ray of sunshine. We see the market immediately lose its, lose its lunch, right? We, we see it say, dear Lord, we do not want any part of this. This this is not the day we were looking for. What's fascinating in these kinds of moments is that tomorrow everything can be fine. What is the reaction we're seeing from the market today? Well, it's interesting the way that you say that. It's a thing called market efficiency, and people could go ahead and Google that. Market efficiency is this concept that the market instantly incorporates all the news it has. And so that's what you saw. The move, it, the, the market lost its lunch, as you said, as soon as it got the bad news. Tomorrow, it's already incorporated that bad news. So whatever happens tomorrow could cause it to go up. But that bad news is now in the market. And it's, it's gone. It's done. It's history. Okay. It's a sunk cost, as we say in accounting. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying here. Because it doesn't seem to me to make sense that something like this could come out, that you could have this kind of situation you could have this kind of issue, and then all of a sudden the market says, okay, we've absorbed it in, and we're fine, we're moving on to the next thing. What do you mean you're moving on to the next thing? This has real-world effect on everybody and on everything that we buy. How, how does the market think they could just absorb this in a day and get back to just whistling and walking down the street like there's not a problem in the world? Oh, it's not that the market doesn't believe there's a problem. What the market does is it instantly incorporates this information. You and I will talk about it. We're human beings. We're social animals. So it takes us time to mentally process it. But the market just 
coldly, very frigidly just says, okay, bad news, put it in. That's now in the past. The market never looks to the past. The market's always looking to the future. It got it wrong. The market thought we're going to have rate cuts. Inflation's under control. This morning, it got slapped in the face and said, you're wrong. And so the market now has put that in. Now it's looking, well, let's see what's going to happen tomorrow. That seems odd. That seems odd because we look at this and every day we're dealing with it. There's this great clip of Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser talking to Bill Maher on his, uh, he's got a podcast, Club something, Club Random, I think it's called. Uh, and he's like, the economy's fine. Inflation isn't crazy. And she goes, look at the price of eggs. Try and buy a car. And she's losing her mind. She's four-letter this and four-letter that. And the truth is they're, they're both having a conversation of accuracy. In terms of inflation, as we have seen it in the past, it's not radical. In, in terms of interest rates that we've had historically, we are still relatively low. But in relationship to what we are told by the federal government, specifically by the Biden administration, that somehow it's all fine. And as you noted, it's the problem is shrinkflation because of these quote unquote greedy businesses. People realize that things aren't fine. So when you take a look at these numbers and you take a look at things like uh, consumer confidence, which is a number I take uh, as important, this adds to the realization that consumers are not confident. And if the consumer is not confident, I have to assume the business owner is not confident about ways to move forward or ways to invest in their business and grow their business. But you're correct. But now let me let me give you a contradicting piece of information. The consumer confidence index increased in January. So, yay, it went up. But then we have this bad news and the market reacted positively to that news that when, when it was released back in January, just a couple of weeks ago. And today we got bad news and now it reacts negatively. So, yes, what you said is correct. You can have two disparate statements and they can both be correct. See, that's. That's what drives people nuts. Like, it should have some ongoing uh, effect, and, and it doesn't. And part of the thing that, that kind of struck me, you talk about, you know, where, where consumer confidence is, we also took a look at the fact that Coca-Cola said uh, they've, they've got, uh, they did better than, than expected. You've got other companies that have come out with, with numbers and saying, hey, uh, this has been, uh, we're, we're much doing much better than, than we thought in terms of how their revenues go. But we have not yet heard whether or not those revenues are because more people are buying their product or because people are paying more for their product. And I would assume oh, I that, that if it's question. the latter, it would have a continued negative effect on the economy. It did. It did. If you take the 500, S&P 500, and you take the, the Jumbo 7, the Mega Cap 7, they made 107% last year. The rest of the market, 493 stocks in aggregate, lost 8%. That's a big deal. So it is factually true that these numbers are caused by inflation and that 493 out of 500 companies in the, in the, the aggregate had a, a negative year last year. That's just a fact. Biden should send a thank you note to those other seven and say, hey, appreciate you making me look good. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. That Biden presser was was something else. I can't get over it. I cannot get over that Joe Biden, it wants, he wants to pressure the House to vote for the, uh, the, 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 the aid package to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. And by the way, I think we should send aid to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. But no conversation about protecting the border. And then turns it into this campaign speech against Trump Trump is gonna, he favors uh, uh, Putin and the GOP could vote for America or vote for Trump. What are you doing? HR2 was passed by the House. Chuck Schumer won't bring it to the floor. It is a bill about the border. Tell Joe Biden to get it done. I said it before and I'll say it again. First, this press, the statement that Biden made today about passing this legislation is nutty. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. It's nuts. And Johnson should be out of his head. You're going to do the border first. You're going to care about Americans first. So Democrats, they have a choice. They can side with America or they can side with the cartels killing our children. Your choice. That's the way the president talks. That's the way you got to talk. And you have to actually go at Joe Biden. You actually have to insult him. He's got a, a massive ego thing. He a massive tough guy thing. So just like all bullies, you got to whack him right in the nose. I don't know if Mike Johnson's the guy for that, but he better do it. Right in the nose. That's what he's got to do because that's what Joe Biden deserves. And honestly, force him into another press conference where he sounds like a crazy person. Who we? Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.